Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Intimacy with Christ, featuring Yvonatia. In this series, you'll learn about your relationship with Christ and the journey of the believer from the book of Song of Solomon. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, part two of four. Yes, that's right. You get four glorious installments of this teaching series of Intimacy with Christ, featuring Yvonatia. And, um... It is centered around the Song of Songs and the how it illustrates the path of the the, the condition of the, the soul, the path of the believer as they're knowing the Lord, walking with the Lord. Uh, and the first episode was absolutely dynamite. I got so much out of it because, like I said last time, I'll probably say it every single episode, um, it, the Song of Songs is not my first go-to book of the Bible. Um, and this is just illustrating to me uh, something way more profound than I ever read on the surface. I always knew there was probably more to the book. Obviously, it's in the Bible um, and there's no wasted books in the Bible. Um, but yeah, it's just it's amazing. So I'm really excited about today. It's like jam packed full of just meat. You guys, this is really, really, really good stuff. So I think that's it because we got a lot of ground to cover a lot of just scrumptious meat to feast on. So um, our, our guest today, she's a teacher, she's a minister, she's a insane, in a good way, intercessor, prophetic voice. She's also the founder of Celebrate Freedom Ministries. Let's give it up for our guest today, friend of the show, Yvonatia. Yvonne! Jeff, how are you? Thank you so much for your always sweet introduction. Oh, I mean every word. <laughs> I absolutely do. So, Thank you so much. yeah, okay. So, first, the first episode was really about those early years. We chat. We covered chapters one and two. Yes. Um, of Song of Songs, and it was about the early, uh, the believers' early walk with the Lord. Yeah, that yeah. kind of infancy stage, maybe the honeymoon phase or like that where you just your you know um and uh, really really profound revelations in that episode and in those chapters but today what are we going to be talking about amen so we are now talking about the next stage so in the first uh one the first chapter and the second chapter new believer uh, you know, the, I'm not going to say she meets Jesus because it's not really a she, it's the body of Christ. So this mm -hmm. is both male and female. Um, so the believer meets Christ at the beginning stages, Jeff. She loves the name. She loves everything about him. Mm -hmm. um, she then is introduced to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He brings her into the mm -hmm. wine um, cellar and she loves everything about him. But we ended up saying, that towards the end of the chapter, he begins to call her into her calling and her destiny. He begins to tell her, come up with me up the dark mountain trail. Uh -huh. uh, and he doesn't lie to her. He says to her, there's going to be hardships. There's going to be myrrh. There's going to be frankincense. There's going to be suffering along the journey. And she is full of fear. And she's like, no, 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 no. I love the couch. <laughs> she loves the apple tree, which means um, the apple tree resembles the anointing. So she loves being under the anointing. She loves the, um, you know, the couch. In other words, you know, let's go to this conference. Let's go to yeah, this. Let's, be, let's just be cozy. Like, let's just, yeah. 
<laughs> and uh, she has this dream and she thinks that this is all happening in a dream where she thinks that just because she said no or just because she said I'm still full of fear that he left her. And the truth is he's never left her. It was just a dream. Mm -hmm. And so the curtains close and now we open up to chapter three. And in chapter three, this is going to be the next stage. We're going to cover chapter three and chapter four. And this is the next stage of the believer's journey. And I just love what's about to happen here. Oh, She's man. thinking he left her. He's gone. He's not there. But really, she wakes up and she knows that this is a dream. But she's wondering, Jeff, how am I going to get up the mountain? If that was real, if he did come to me in reality, and he did invite me to go to the nations, if he did invite me to go and do something crazy or to live by faith or whatever it is, how am I even going to respond? How am I even going to say yes to this? So I'm going to jump right into chapter three. Awesome. So in chapter three, verses one, she says this. It says, one night I lay in bed and I yearned for my lover. I yearned for him, but did not, but he did not come to me. So now she's actually laying in bed. She really wants more of Jesus, but somehow she doesn't know. Now she's a new believer still. So she doesn't know that he is within she still thinks that in order to find him, she has to go out and do something. Mm, and yeah. uh, so she's looking for him. So in verses two, it says, so I said to myself, I will get up. And I just want to pause there, Jeff, because when I read that, I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, this verse destroys depression. Oh, okay. She says, I will get up. The difference between someone who continues in, in being depressed or being feeling low is that you become passive about, you know, you're looking for God and you're like, I, I can't even see God. I can't even feel God. So some believers will be like, you know, he's just not there. He doesn't hear me. He doesn't respond to my cry. But then there are other believers who would be like, I will get up. And this is when you know that she is growing. She's progressing. She's maturing. So I want to encourage all of our wonderful believers, wherever you are and whenever you feel stuck, if you want to move to the next level, it is in that verse right there. Hmm. I will get up. In other words, I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to lay in bed thinking, you know, it's comfy in bed. He's not hearing me. He's not there for me. Well, I can't do anything about it. No, we have a role to play. So she was like, I am getting up. Okay, what are you going to do? She's like, I am searching into all the streets of the city. And the city here has to do with the church. Where do I get this from? We are called to be a city on a hill. Mm -hmm. So her go-to place is the church. I'm going to get up because I can't seem to hear him. I can't seem to find him. So I'm going to go to a place where I think I'm going to find him there. And then it says, I will search for the one I love. So she's deeply in love with him. She just does not know how to find him. So I searched everywhere but did not find him. So she is searching the city. She is going to the church. She is looking around. But even in those places, you know, Jeff, unless you find God for yourself, 
Jesus is not to be found, you know, he does not live. And even David and Solomon said that when they dedicated the temple, they said, God, you don't live in a house that is built by stone. You live on, we have become the temple. Mm -hmm. We replace the temple. Now she doesn't know that. And so many believers, they do not know that. What they think, how do you think they find God? You know, oh, there's a conference that's in this city. I'm going to travel. You remember Asbury Revival? Mm-hmm. I love what happened in Asbury. And I, in my heart, I was like, man, I should, you know, just book a ticket and go to Asbury. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of this. So I'm not against not going to that place. But it doesn't mean that if you didn't go, that you are not in revival. Because revival is not a place you go to. And it's not a speaker you hear. How many churches? No. Like, we're going to have a conference and we're bringing so-and-so. Like I'm talking about big names, right? You're coming for the big name. Right. You hear the big name, big gun, you know, what a big Uh gun. It's like, Uh yeah. But then the conference finishes, the hype finishes, and I call the dust settles. And then you're back again, laying in bed again, wanting a word again, wanting to find him again. This girl is exactly in this. And she goes to the watchmen. And who are the watchmen on the wall? They are pastors, leaders, and overseers. She's trying to go to them to try and find him. So it says the watchmen stopped me as they made their rounds. So you're talking about leaders, pastors, and they don't understand why a young girl would be roaming the city at night all by herself. Why are you going crazy for Jesus? Why are you going radical for Jesus? Why aren't you doing what we're, you know, what is the normal and the mundane? And I ask, have you seen the one I love? And you know, Jeff, she reminds me, I tell you who she reminds me of, Mary Magdalene. Hmm. I love Mary Magdalene. Because at the site of the resurrection, I want you to imagine her. She's like, I want him under any cost. And, and she's like, I want him dead or alive. Like she knows of what she knows that Jesus died on the Friday. What is she doing? She still wants him, even though she thinks he's dead, right? But she still wants him under any cost. And she is that radical that she goes to approach the gardener. And she says to him, if you have taken him, tell me where you put him and I will carry him. How do you think you have the muscles and the strength to carry a dead body? It's like Mary Magdalene. Do you even know how heavy a dead body weighs? Yeah. Do you think that you are going to be able to carry a dead body? But you know what, Jeff? That's what real love does. Yeah. When, you, when you deeply fall in love with the Lord, you want him under any circumstance and no matter how much it's going to cost you. And she is in this position. She is just wanting him. But the thing is, she says that she still hasn't found him. Now, the pastors, the leaders, the overseers, they have him. He lives on the inside of them, but they cannot give him to you. In other words, you have to Every single believer must find the love of Jesus for themselves. Mm -hmm. It is not enough for you to go to anywhere or hear any program. And they're like, oh, I love Jeff's faith in Jesus. Or I love Yvonne. No, you need to find that love yourself. 
you know and sometimes i say jesus did not just die for the whole world he died for me he saved me and so she is in this place she's looking for him maybe i'm going to find him in this person maybe he's in he is in them but you can't find him this way you have to find him for yourself and then comes verses 4 it says then once i passed them and this is a huge key once you bypass every name every person once you just say you know what i love all those amazing people that god's using they're amazing but they will never replace him you know mary magdalene when she knew that the person she's talking to was not the gardener he was jesus what did he say to her don't cling to me why what was she trying to do she was trying to cling to him because the moment she found him she wanted to take a hold of him so it's exactly the same thing but she needed to bypass everyone first so we get stuck jeff on you know i love my local pastor that's great i have a spiritual mentor that's wonderful that's all great these are all people who will help you along the journey but you cannot find jesus for yourself unless you bypass everyone else so then yeah. she said the moment i bypass them and she went and i'm telling you she's about to enter a huge test which we're going to talk about next um week because those pastors are actually good ones they did not hurt her so the first lot are the good people next week we're going to find the ones who will beat her hurt her and uncover her but that's for next week so she's going to endure a lot of tests to get to her, her character is being formed but those guys are good guys There, there's nothing wrong with them but the idea is you can't find jesus for yourself in someone it can't be like you know i love the right that's in jeff yeah. of course i love the jesus that's in jeff i love the jesus that's in ivon absolutely but i want him for me mm-hmm. i want to cling to him and she said to him she's looking right everywhere this poor girl in the city by herself she can't find him and all of a sudden he appears all of a sudden and she's looking and he's there and then she said i felt him i caught him and i held him tightly then i brought him into my mother's house now here's another issue what is the mother's house the mother's house in the bible or in scripture refers to the church the church is called the mother where people get born again what is she want to do with the jesus that she found in the city she wants to bring him back to church she wants to put him back in religion she wants to take him back and keep him limited keep him restricted and there are other translations especially in this part where she clings to him and she says she brings him to the place of her birth in other words she brings him into her soul or mm-hmm. in her temple so there's two different ways of translation one translation says she wants to bring him back to the church other translation no she wants to bring him into her temple where she got born again she wants to bring him in and this time cling to him rather than searching the city and searching the streets 
and trying to find him in everyone else. So she and the word cling to him comes from where it says that a man leaves his father and mother right. and then clings or unites to his wife and the two become one. Her clinging is her way of saying, I want, I, I don't want dating anymore. I want to enter into permanent union. I want to enter into permanent um, covenant. I don't care what it's going to cost me. I am so in love with you and my life without you has no taste, has no meaning. And you pick any of us, Jeff, if, you know, if you were offered, you know, all the money in the world, but you can't serve Jesus, you won't be able to do it because there's a part of us that he occupies, which makes all the possessions in the world seem like nothing. We want him under any cost. And now she's reaching this level. At the start, if you remember, she loved the kiss. She loved the ointment. She loved the touch. She loved the name, the apple tree, all this stuff, right? That new believers or new dating people do. Now she's like, I'm not repeating the same mistake. I am not letting you go this time. I didn't care if it's up the mountain trail. I didn't care what it's going to cost me, but I'm clinging myself to you. Now, what's amazing is this. In her clinging, the moment she clung to him, she entered into a deep resting stage. And so he, the king, says, promise me, O woman or daughters of Jerusalem, he's telling other believers, do not wake her up. In other words, let her. Whatever she's experiencing is not the norm. It is not what believers are used to. It is not the lifting up of the hands. It is not the jumping in church. It is not the waving of the flag. I'm not against any of that. But she's experienced something deep in me, and I don't want you to mm. wake her up. And so she's into this place, Jeff. And what is so beautiful is that in verses 6, after her rest in him, after he has done more of a deep work within her, right? She's coming out of the wilderness and those around her believers are looking at her and this is what they're saying. Who is this? They don't recognize her anymore. Who is this that is coming out from the wilderness like a cloud of smoke? Mm. The Bible translates the Bible where in the Bible do you hear about the cloud of smoke? It is when the glory of the Lord descended on Mount Sinai and covered the whole mountain. So in her resting place, it is not a time of waste. She is in a place where she's leaning on him and his glory is overshadowing her. And people around you are thinking, what is wrong with Jeff? Who is this guy? He used to be anxious. He used to have, mm. you know, he used to have rages of anger. I'm not saying that that's you, Jeff. I'm just like giving an yeah. example. No, I <laughs> got you. <laughs> Does Jeff has no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, any, I'm using Jeff as my uh -huh. example. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Play canvas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you're just saying like, um, you know, who is this person? You mm -hmm. know, you, this person used to have all these issues. Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
there's something about them. There's a peace. There's a there's a joy. There's something that you know they're leaning. She's leaning on her beloved. Who is this? There's you know there's myrrh. In other words, there's suffering. Her life is not perfect. She's going through stuff. But you know there's something. There's there's a smell around her. There's frankincense. There's something about her. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com/give. And that's because she has just come out from a place of rest. Now, if you remember, Jeff, last time we ended when he said to her, "Would you come up the mountain?" And she said, no. Remember that mm-hmm. in the dream? Mm-hmm. Well, she didn't know that she was that he was preparing a surprise. She had no idea. The surprise was she cannot get up the mountain. He is the one who will carry her up the mountain. She cannot go up the mountain. So all he needed from her was to say, yes. And what is it when two people get married and they stand at the altar and they read out the vows? What do they say to each other? I do. <laughs> yeah. Do you take this woman, you know, as your lawfully uh-huh. be married wife? I do. All he wanted her to say was not to get up the mountain all by herself. Because I'm speaking to people, Jeff, the Lord is calling you right now mm. to do great things for the Lord and you are so overwhelmed and you're like, Lord, there's no way I can go to the nations. There's no way I can mm-hmm. raise the dead. And you're like, no, yeah. no, 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 you miss it. You miss the whole thing. All I'm asking you to do is to become like Isaiah in Isaiah 6. What happened in Isaiah 6? He saw the glory of the Lord exactly like her. You know, know, Jeff, this is an Isaiah 6 scene. She experiences Mm -hmm. the glory of the Lord and she sees the chariot that's going to take her up the mountain. Isaiah is in the presence of the Lord. His train fills the temple and he begins to think, you know, I am a man of, I'm unworthy, I'm unclean. And Isaiah says, an angel came and picked a coal and touched my lip. The moment that, and this is a work of grace. Isaiah didn't need to do anything. God did it for him. He cleansed him by faith. Same as us, we get cleansed by faith, by the blood of Jesus. And so then the next thing is Isaiah says, I'm going up the mountain. What does he say? He says, I do. God says, who will I send? And what did Isaiah says? Here I am, send me. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I'm yeah. telling you, Jeff, I just feel the presence of the Lord and the, yeah. of the Lord. And so many mm. of you watching this right now, God's calling you to do great and mighty things. And I tell you something. If God calls you to do something that you can do on your own, it's not God. You know it's not God. It's only God when you know it's impossible to be done on your own. And so in this place, the big surprise is that she looks and there is this chariot. And the chariot is so glorious. It is Solomon's carriage. And it is surrounded by 60 heroic men. I'm not talking about one or two. She's looking around and there's this royal chariot that is coming down. And I really want to highlight this, that this is a picture of the mercy seat. 
And I heard the Holy Spirit say this to me, mercy will take you where religion cannot take mm, you. <laughs> it's never by how much you could do for the Lord. No, it's by you just resting upon the mercy seat. Mm. And it says that this beautiful chariot, they are skilled swordsmen, experienced warriors. They're all wearing swords and they are ready to defend the king against any attack. In other words, the king who's going to take you in his royal chariot to do what you can't do in the natural, he already provided divine protection over you. Mm. That's a picture of Psalm 23 again. So those I, are pictures of angels kind of. Yes. The, yeah. 60, yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, she's looking around and it's it's glorious. And it says later on, it says King Solomon's carriage is built of wood. Where do you see wood, Jeff, in the Bible? It's a picture of the cross. Yeah, okay, yeah. Jesus, it was wood, right? Redemption yeah. happened on that. And then it says its posts are silver. Silver is a picture of redemption. Jesus was sold with 30 pieces of silver. The cost, cost of our salvation. Yeah. <laughs> right? It is. It is, uh, it's canopy, is gold. That's like, you know, royalty, priesthood. Mm -hmm. It's Sometimes glory, glory is yeah. gold too, yeah. Glory is gold yeah. too, absolutely. And crimson, that's the blood of Jesus. And that's redemption. That's when um, Joshua walked into Rahab's home and said to her, because you hid us. When we come to destroy the city of Jericho, I want you to dangle down a crimson um, like string. And when we see that, you will be spared. So that's a picture of salvation. It was decorated with lovely young woman of Jerusalem. And so these are all mystical metaphors. And they have deep meanings. And we probably don't have time to get into down into all the meanings. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing, right, is that he will carry you. And he will lift you up. To do what you cannot do in the natural. Mm -hmm. All he requires of you is one thing. Is for you to say, Lord, I will go with you to fulfill the destiny that you brought me to this earth to accomplish. I'm coming, mm -hmm. God, to complete wow. the assignment that you have for me. That's Good. all that is um, being, you know, said in this. Yeah. So. I am. Um, I'm gonna move to chapter four. And Jeff, if you want to comment or if you want to. Well, I I was just. I mean, I think that's a really profound thing of him saying, you know, go up the mountain, and she's like, no, I won't. But it was because he had a surprise for her, and I was like, how many times have we been in situations where God is asking us to do something, and it does mean getting up out of our cozy environment and thinking that. We're going to forsake that forever. But often it's God, it, it, it's God saying like, I've got a surprise. All I'm looking for is a yes. And I will help you in that. And I think, um, man, I mean, I will say like going through the song of songs this way, I always thought it was a little odd. Like some of the picturing was odd, like getting up and like walking past the guards and then like all these very strange things. Like if you're just looking at it as an actual scene playing out, you're like, if it is, this is a little odd, you know, um, but having this time type of, you know, scripture tends to rhyme as, as you read through it, yeah. illustrating Jesus, it's all pointing towards Jesus. 
And yeah. so now having the, I mean, I'm just having a, I'm having a blast. I'm having a lot of fun. This I love is a it. Lot of fun. I yeah. love it. And, yeah. and you know, Joe, before I go into chapter four, let me say this quickly. I remember a time in my journey when we were praying for the sick, but they were all believers and Christians. And mm -hmm. I remember once I got a, a phone call from um, a festival. And this is a place where they have um, healing. Play. It's like a big festival where they do healing, but it's not Christian healing. It was healing for like Reiki healing, energy healing, shamanic healing, which is all obviously demonic stuff. Right. But they, they saw this place. They saw our name. And they didn't understand who we are. So this lady called me up and she said to me, hey, we're having this big festival. Did you want to hire a, a booth and be able to bring healing to the people? And my first thing, Jeff, was no way. Because this was a place, it was a new age place. Yeah, definitely and pagan. I, yeah. <laughs> pagan. I am surrounded. I mean, I was having a look at the map after I signed up because the Lord got me to sign up. But it was, I had, you know, um, tarot readers right next to me. We had people who were, you know, it was all wow. the money, witchcraft, um, witch doctors, uh, warlocks, and you're in the middle. And my first thing was, no way. But then the Lord said this to me once. He said, do you know what? If I was here in the physical, I'd be in this place. And I was like, and he said, greater he that is in you. He said, yeah. did you know I'm going to shine brighter through you because there's a lot of darkness. And I remember, Jeff, we signed up, trained the people we went. And on the first day, this girl comes into our booth and she couldn't walk. Her knee was swollen like a balloon. Whoa. Now, I'm praying for her and I'm shaking just because she's not a believer and I'm overwhelmed by all this. And you yeah, spiritual interference, right? A lot of, a lot of bad, bad oh. stuff on there. Yeah. And so you're not going to believe what happened. I'm shaking in the middle of the shake. I feel a physical, I'm not talking spiritual here, a physical hand touch my back. Oh, wow. I've, I've experienced that. You have? Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I heard the voice saying something so sure. You know what he said? I'm here. I'm here. She got healed. Wow. And it was wow. glorious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm encouraging people that this song of all songs, the holy of all holies, is where you discover that you will be carried on the chariot to take you where you cannot go in the natural and to do what you cannot do in the natural to, to fulfill your destiny. You just need to say, here I am. Mm -hmm. And you know, Jeff, this Shulamite, the Bible highlights something about her. There's nothing special about her. This is the theme. She's not an apostle. She's not a prophet. She's not out there preaching. She's an ordinary girl. There's nothing. There's no highlights. In actual fact, what was she saying in chapter one? I am black. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So she was saying to him, there's nothing special in me, but this is who he chooses. He chooses the unqualified to qualify them. He chooses the ones who are like, like Gideon. He chooses the barley loaf to destroy the Midianites. So don't look at yourself and think, I'm a nobody. No, 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 no. Christ in you is the expectation of a glorious life. So you need to be excited. We need to be excited about this because God is releasing people. And I'm glad that when we did last week, 
we received some great testimonials from men. Someone said, I got delivered from the idea because mm. I'm a man. I can't experience deep, intimate love with the mm. Lord. He was delivered. And today wow. we're going to pray for that. But this is the thing, Jeff. God is calling young men, young women, old men and old women to come into this intimate um, place where we cling to the Lord because he who wow. clings to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Hmm. So good. So, amen. Let's get into, let's jump into chapter four. Chapter four, she's like, I said, yes. She's pretty much signed up the contract to say, I'm done. And he begins to, to look at her and to admire her. And it's that admiration that's going to get her towards the end to go through two demonic strongholds, the, the lion and the leopard. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But he looks at her in chapter 4, verses 1. He says, how beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are like doves. Now, whenever you see the picture of dove, dove has to do with purity and with spiritual perception. Yeah. So that's what a dove is. Yeah. A dove is simple. Remember when Jesus says, you know, be shrewd like a snake, but a simple like dove. So he's looking at her and she's so simple. You know what simple means? She's childlike. She now believes that she can do everything through mm -hmm. him. That just mm -hmm. because she said yes to him, you know, she's not complicating anything. She's just pure. She's just simple. And so um, he then says to her, your hair is like a flock of goats. Now, what is that? Well, yeah, that's I, I say that to Lauren all the time. So, you know, it's a, that's how I want her over. <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Girl, your hair is like a flock of goats. Yeah. Right? That doesn't even sound attractive. Like, yeah, you know. That, yeah. <laughs> but let's break it down. Whenever you see hair in the Bible, it has to do with devotion to the Lord. So I want you to think of Samson. When his mother became pregnant with him, the angel said to his mother, do not cut his hair for he shall be another right unto me. He's going to be consecrated unto me. Um, think of John the Baptist. When the angel appeared to his father, the same thing. Do not cut his hair for he will be separated unto me. Um, the Bible says the glory of a woman is her hair. And so he's saying to her that you're so fully devoted to me and you're so full of my glory. Think of Mary who walked into the house of the religious Simon and she, un she you know, did her hair and she, when she started to weep. And the Bible says she wiped Jesus's feet with her hair. So she is saying to him, I'm devoted to you. I am consecrated unto you. And that's what hair has to do with. But then what, what is the uh, flock, um, flock of goats descending from the hill of Gilead? Well, Gilead was the place where the goats, lambs, um, all the animals that were about to be sacrificed, they were kept on this place. And they were kept in like a, an enclosed pen. What they do uh, during the times of sacrifice, they open up for them and they don't know that they're about to be sacrificed. So what do they do? They run down the mountain and they just look beautiful because 
it's almost like they are wanting to be sacrificed. So he is saying to her, you are so devoted to me. You poured yourself completely on the altar of sacrifice. And so this is just a picture of how he is viewing her. And then he says to her, your teeth are as white as sheep, recently shorn and freshly washed. What does that mean? What do you do with your teeth? You eat. You eat. Chew food. You you bite, right? When you see a young child, a baby, they are born with no teeth. What happens is they begin to take milk. As they grow and mature, the first set of teeth come out. But then later on, they fall off and then you get stronger ones that will last you most of your lifetime. So in the spiritual sense, how do you eat the word of the Lord? You eat them by your understanding. It's when you read the word of God and it's coming into you, renewing your mind, transforming the way you see yourself and the way you see God. When he says to her, your teeth are as white as sheep, he is saying to her that you, your mind, that's where you chew the word from, is being renewed. It is being transformed. It is being stripped of all rationality. It doesn't mean that it's becoming fruitless. It means it is becoming fruitful. God is healing. And you know, Jeff, a lot of the time people can't really see in the spirit because their imagination, they've gone through pain, trauma. And so they, the way they see themselves is not good. They see themselves as broken, as failures. Then they see God as a judge. So when God begins to heal your mind, your imagination, you get to reconcile with yourself. You get to see yourself as God's beloved. You get to see God as the one who loves you. Where does this happen? In the imagination, in the mind. So your teeth, it is a picture that her mind, her memory, everything in her has been cleansed by the Lord. In other words, he is saying, you are now able to digest, process the deeper revelation of the word. You are able to digest the deeper revelation of glory and the cross. In other words, you have teeth. You are mature. You are able to chew. You are able to bite You are able to break. You are able to digest. You are growing, girl. It used to be only milk. It used to be, you used to be happy with a kiss. You used to be happy with a name. Now you are devouring the word Mm. of God. Oh, you are eating the word of God. You are memorizing Bible verses. You are trying to live out the Christian life. It's not about, you know, you are stepping deep into the revelation of the Lord. And so that is a picture of her, um, of her teeth. They are like sheep being shown on account of the simplicity they acquire by the union with the Lord. Um, where they have been. So it's not like they've been deprived of being rational and she's just, you know, radical and weird. No, she's becoming fruitful. She's learning how to digest the word, bite the word, eat the word and grow in the word. So in other words, he's saying to her, you're doing so well. You're looking beautiful inside out and you are growing. 
Then he says, your lips are like scarlet ribbon. Your speech is sweet. Um, scarlet ribbon is what I said earlier. It is what happened in the house of Rahab. Every single family in the city was destroyed except Rahab's family. So her lips, all of a sudden, they're speaking redemption. They're speaking salvation. They're speaking resurrection. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. There's something about her and the lips are connected to the heart because where do you speak from? It's out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. So when he talks about her lips, he's also talking about her heart. The lips also represent the will, which is the mouth of the soul. So what is the soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's the soul. Your soul has a mouth. And so your lips speak what is in your heart, what is in your soul. So all of a sudden, it's that. Because it presses, the lips presses and kisses with affection what it loves. It is loving the word of God. It is kissing the word of God. It is speaking redemption. How many times have you seen people and they encountered the Lord and after their encounter, they speak different. Yeah. This thing about the way they speak. They never used to speak like that. All of a sudden, they can't swear. They used to swear every second third word it was just the way they did business <laughs> yeah. it was made them look cool all of a sudden there's something and there's a sweetness to the way that it's almost your speech is sweet because it speaks a language only i can understand so there's something about the way she's speaking right now and then it moves on and he talks now about her neck now, your neck is like the Tower of David. Now, the neck is the strength of the soul. He's saying to her, you're, you're becoming strong. You think about it, Jeff. Your neck carries the heaviest organ in all of your body. That is the head. And so the neck is a resemblance of what it's carrying. All of a sudden, and you know when someone is tired or someone is having a stroke or heart attack or whatever they can't lift up the head mm. they feel they can't lift because what is lifting up the head it is the neck but he ties it to someone who's very special to the heart of god it is like the tower of david now david was this king who insisted on one thing that his strength came from the lord that his refuge was found in the Lord, that he found support in the Lord. How many times do you read the Psalms? And he says, the Lord is my strong tower. The Lord is my fortress. Mm -hmm. This great king found strength in the Lord. So he connects her neck, which is the strength that is in her with David. And obviously that's a picture of Christ because Jesus came from the descendant of David. But even in this, he's saying to her, your strength, you have become so strong, but that's not because it's coming from you. 
it's your strength now is rooted in God. You know where to find to find your strength. In other words, all your strength right now is coming from the Lord Himself. And then it says, "A thousand shields um, hang upon it, all the armor of mighty men." He is saying, "A thousand shields hang upon it to defend it." from the innumerable enemies, both physical and both visible and invisible. Her armor is like mighty men that it fears no attack. This is what the armor that she's wearing. Now she can't see that. He can see that. See, the enemy can see the armor that you're wearing. And sometimes we can't see that. But if the enemy had a chance to devour us, he will. And Jesus says that Satan comes to kill and steal and destroy. Why is he leaving us alone? It's because there's an armor of protection and there's a hedging around the people of God, even if you do not see it. Hmm. And so he's saying to her, you are protected. Your protection comes because you, your strength, which is your neck, comes from God. So when, I, when God becomes my strength, there's a protection that comes with that. You know, Psalm 23 says, if I walk in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, not because I have a mighty army around me, but because you are with me. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, another imagery of Psalm 23, where you have found strength, you found it in the Lord, it is in no one else. And this is the time, Jeff, as we mature, our strength doesn't come from our abilities. It doesn't come from our jobs. It doesn't come from our businesses. It doesn't come from what we can and cannot do. We come to a level where the Apostle Paul says, I have died with Christ. Hmm. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body right now, I live it by faith in the Son of God who loves me. And gave himself up for me. And so she's developing this imagery where she's super strong. But that's not because of her. It's because of who she united with. Hmm. Now the next one. I'm going to try this without laughing. Okay. Because a lot of people are like. (laughs) I know it's coming. (laughs) Really quick. Really quick though. I want to point out too. He's he's declaring this stuff over her. So you're saying even like it's not anything she's done. It's it's him. But he, he, even more importantly, or as important, he's declaring this stuff over her about her hair being a flock of goats, about her teeth and about her lips and and her neck. Like he's speaking these things over her, which is exactly what God does to us. You know, and it's like power of life and death is in the tongue and, and God created life in Genesis by speaking it into existence. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, what's crazy. She's done nothing for him yet. She's right. just, yes. She's just being, <laughs> she's just saying yes. Yeah. And I just feel there's a lot of deep healing. Like if, if, if you're watching this right now and you just feel so beaten and people have spoken negative words over you and you don't see yourself this way take time to just read the song of all songs because this is what he's singing over you this is how he sees you despite your weaknesses despite 
your mistakes despite i always say this Jeff, your mistakes cannot disqualify you from your calling mm. because if your mistakes were able to do that then god is not god when god called you he knew what you were going to go through he knew your weaknesses yet he called you he knew what david was going to fall into yet he called him as king so the song of all songs is not an erotic book it is a book of deep mystical spirituality of King Jesus who loves his bride so deeply and he is singing the song of all songs over you so that you begin to see yourself the way he sees you and it is in that place Jeff that you're like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Hmm. Yeah. Amen. So good. And now we get to this funny verse where people are like, oh, all right, I'm going to try and not laugh. But he says this to her. <laughs> Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a Giselle grazing among the lilies. Now, I want you to look at, you know, think about a, a young girl and she is progressing from, you know, being a child mm -hmm. into becoming an adolescent and a young mother before she ever um, falls pregnant and actually has a baby, mm -hmm. she will begin to see that there will be biological changes in her body mm -hmm. and she will begin to see that breasts are beginning to develop. Now, those breasts don't have milk yet. So she's not a mother yet. She hasn't birthed anyone in the Lord yet. In this incident, she's only receiving the facility by which later on, when she does become mature and she's able to bring people to the Lord, she will be able to feed them. So there's going to be two incidents We he comments about her breasts. The first one here is basically saying to her, I have granted you the facility by which later on you will be able to feed my young children milk. Mm -hmm. So, guys, this is not a dirty picture. This is a very holy picture of when we mature in the Lord and God begins to give us the facilities so that later on we are able to feed his children mm -hmm. who will come. Yeah. So, um, okay, I got over. I got, I got Way through. to go, Vaughn. Big round of applause, everybody. Put an applause emoji in there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then he says and then this is beautiful Jeff I want you to this is beautiful she says this to him she's, she's hearing him speak about her in such manner and she says to him before the dawn breezes before the dawn breathe blows and the night shadows flee I will hurry to the mountain of myrrh so what is she saying? I want you to go back with me to chapter two, when he began to tell her, come on, my beloved, come on, my dove, come on, my whatever, let's go. And what did she say back then? No. Mm. What is she saying here? I don't care if it's still dawn. I don't care if it's still night. I don't care to wait for the right and perfect time. I don't care. I am going with you now. Mm. So it's like, I will run with you. 
even with fear, even with being incomplete, even with me, I didn't birth anyone in, 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 in you yet, but I'm not waiting anymore. And I am telling you, what healed her soul is the way he continued to speak to her. At the start, she's like, I'm not going up. It's too dark. I love the couch. I don't, I don't do mountains. I do couches. That, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny it is. It's, it's, it's so many people's journeys, okay? I'm not going to go and do street evangelism. I'm not doing that. I'm going to go to church and, you know what, do whatever, you know? But now she's like, it's still dawn, girl. Wait until the sun comes out. You know, it's still night. Wait until the morning comes. Why? And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't care. I'm not scared anymore. Why are you not scared anymore? Because he's my strength. Because he's, my neck now is a resemblance of his strength in me. Why are you not scared? Oh, because I'm going to be carried up the mountain. Didn't you see the chariot? You don't know what he's done in me in the wilderness. I came out leaning on him. I came out covered in glory. So all those stages, Jeff brought her to a place of, I don't care. She says, I will hurry to the Mount of Myrrh. You're going to the Mount of Myrrh? Myrrh means suffering. You are going out there? Yes. It's a picture of young David. When he saw Goliath come towards him, he did not run away from him. He ran towards him and Goliath said to him, do you think I'm a dog? You're coming to me with your, you know, little pebbles. And he looked at Goliath in the eye. He said to him, you come to me with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you with almighty God, even young David, you who is with him. And the moment you know who is with you, you will know that no one can stand against you. And you will know you're never going to. This is the thing. If you wait for the right time to serve the Lord, it will never come. There's nothing such as the right time. There's nothing such as I'll pray and see God's timing. God's timing is now. It's She just needed healing to know that she could do it. That's all it is. But she came to the point of, you know, it's still dawn, night, I didn't care. I will hurry. It's going to be murder. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be persecutions. Who cares? I'm being carried on, the, on, on grace, on redemption, on the cross. His presence is with me. He's, I've got 60 mighty angels. I saw them. I saw protection all around me. So why am I worried? Why am I scared? I'm running. And um, she begins to run, Jeff. And then he looks at her and he says this to her. You are altogether beautiful. My darling, beautiful in every way. He is adoring her. He is lavishing his love on her because she's like this young child. And you tell this young child, you know, you know, I'm taking you to buy ice cream. And they're like, come on, dad, let's go now. I didn't care. But it's dark. Doesn't matter, dad, you're with me. What's the problem? She's exactly like childlike faith. I'm going to go up the mountain. I don't care what awaits me, but I know that you're with me. Hmm. And then he says to her, come with me from Lebanon, my bride. Now, I'm going to pause here. This is the first in time ever that he calls her my bride. Hmm. 
Now, before that, it wasn't my bride. It was my love. It was my darling. But now you can sense that the language has changed. I mean, when you got married to Lauren, when did you call her my bride? It wasn't after after we made a covenant before the Lord. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, Jeff. So what is he saying? He's signed up for permanent union. Yeah. That's it. She's done, you know. And so he calls her my bride. And then he says, he call, and then he says, come with me from Lebanon. And he begins to, you know, mention all this mountain like Mount Hermon. And then he says to her, where the lions have their dens and the leopards live among the hills. What is he saying to her? He is calling her to her wedding coronation. He is calling her and he is calling her from the high places of elevation. He is saying to her, if you want to be with me in this covenant, it would have to be in the high places. You'd have to go above, above every problem, above anything that is keeping you earthbound and you have to go up the mountain. In other words, you must come up higher and above everything and everyone to enter into what is called central union or union between me and you. It is when we ascend in Christ Jesus, he raised us up and seated us in the heavenly realms far above. And so if we want to experience that union, we cannot be earthbound, bound to all of our problems. We need to rise up to an ascended position in the Lord. But then he says something really scary. He mentions lions and leopards. The lions then and the leopard reveal the most crucial persecution, both of men and of demonic powers like wild beasts, she will encounter. And he doesn't shy away from telling her the truth. I want you to think of David. When David wanted to fight Goliath, Saul said to him, you can't do that. You're young. You can't even fit into the armor. When he put on the armor, he almost fell because it was so heavy. And he said to him, no, you don't understand. I fought a bear and I fought a lion. And in the fighting of the bear and the lion, this is when he was writing Psalm 23. He knew that even in the darkest areas in life, when you encounter those beasts, God was with him. So he is saying to her, girl, you're coming up the high places. There's going to be cruel persecutions. But don't worry. I want you to know that in this place, I am with you. And those persecutions, that will not tear you to pieces. They will not kill you. You will overcome them because you will know the greater he that is in you. You will discover, remember, the three young men who went in the furnace. It was in the furnace that they discovered someone else. And when they took them out, the smell of fire was not even over them. So he is naming all those high places which refer to demonic powers when you go up higher. But he says, I don't want you to worry because together we're going to destroy them. Together we're going to overcome them. 
together you will say, I overcame the lion and I overcame the leopard. These persecutions are not intended to bring failure to your life. They are to bring strength so that you know who you have united with. And so you would think, Jeff, that she would turn back. Like if someone says to you, okay. By the way, there's lions and leopards. Like, I'm just looking at her, right? You're going up there, and there's going to be a lion. I was actually speaking to someone, and I can't remember. I think they came from, um, uh, I'm going to try to remember the state, but she came down Colorado, Colorado Springs. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. And I was saying to her, um, you know, is it like Miami Beach? Like, is it lively at night and you can walk and whatever? She said to me, oh, no, you can't walk at night. And I said, why? She goes, because the lions come out. And I was like, what? Mm. There are lions in the United States? Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mountain lions. In in Australia, you'd see some areas where the kangaroos would come out and some of them are very violent and they would really like, you know, punch you. It's it's, it's scary. But that's only in the outback. But she's like, no, Yvonne, mountain lions, they come down and they have hurt humans before. So I was like taking back and she even spoke about the black bears. There's black bears as well. So you're looking at this young bride who's like a child, right? And she's trusting him fully. And he says to her, you're coming up the mountain with me. But there's lions and there's leopards. And he expects her to turn around and run. Hmm. She doesn't. Hmm. She doesn't. She is in such a loving union, Jeff. You know, where the Apostle Paul says, it's not about living or dying. He comes to a place where he says, you know, if I live, great. I live for the Lord. And if I die, that's a gain. Isn't that amazing? This is a deep spiritual state where we no longer fear death. And you know why? Because we've already died. He says, we have died with Christ. So if you have already died, why are you fearing death again? Hmm. Death will have no rule over you because you have resurrected with the Lord. So she doesn't turn around. She presses forward. She's like, no, nothing will separate me from you. And you know that because she's still standing. And then he says these words to her. You have stolen my heart, my treasure, my bride. You hold it hostage with one glance of your eyes, with a single jewel of your necklace. He's trying to tell her, All the afflictions, everything I warned you about, they did not freak you out. You valued me more than anything that is coming against you. You're still looking at me with love in your eyes. And so you, your love has stolen my heart. Isn't that amazing that there's a place in Jesus where he looks at your devotion, whatever you're going through, but every single day, you're at it, you're, you know, you're interviewing people, you're bringing out those powerful, like stories of transformation. I'm sure not every single day is great. There's days where we're exhausted, we're facing stuff, we're going through stuff, 
that you pick up your game. You you come up and you're like, you know, shut everything out and here you are at it. And the Lord says, Jeff, you've stolen my heart with your dedication, with your love. There's, there's disappointments in our life, but every day you lay that aside. You're at it again. It doesn't matter what it is. And the Lord is looking and thinking, you are so faithful. Mm. And when I look at you, when I look at how you serve me every day, you could have gone and got another. You, you could have done anything else, but you've chosen to serve me despite everything else. And he says that you are my treasure. My treasure is that you, you're my bride. You are the one I cling to and I unite to. You hold it hostage. I can't even look at you anymore because of the love that you do to him. Mm. And then um, it says this, how fair, again, how fair. Now, this is so beautiful. This is the next mention of the breast. He says, how fair is your breasts? My sister, my bride. Now, I'm going to pause there for a sec. Why does he call her my sister? Hmm. Why, why indeed? Why indeed? Because she comes from the same father. Hmm. And she's a bride because he clung to her. And so we have become sisters and brothers to the Lord. According to the book of Hebrew, he is the firstborn from the dead. And so we have become brothers and sisters in Jesus. But we have also become the bride of the Lord, where we are completely united in him. And so he calls her that he can see all the victories that she is going to achieve for him. So he begins to pour out more love. And then he says to her, your breasts are fairer than wine. Now there's something crazy that just happened her breasts they now have substance in them the first verse was an empty facility this verse you don't just see milk you see wine what the, who does wine nourish or who drinks wine people who are mature mm -hmm. you don't give wine to anyone that's under 21 in other words they have to be mature but then in other words she has received fuller breasts. Hmm. Breasts only become full when a mother has just given birth to a baby. And it's phenomenal. You wake up in the morning after a mother gives birth and all of a sudden her breasts are full of milk. Who put the milk in there? God did. Hmm. But what's amazing, she doesn't just have milk. She has something else. She has wine. What does that mean? It means that in her breast, she's now a mother in the Lord. She is able to birth people. But guess what, Jeff? She can feed them two things. She can feed them milk and she can feed them wine. Mm. What is the difference? Wine means you can feed those who are mature in the Lord. And milk means you can also feed those who are babies in the Lord. Mm. In other words, the food that comes from me into you right now will feed any age it doesn't matter who you're ministering to if you're ministering to a prostitute you can you have what it takes if you're ministering to a gang member you have what it takes but if you're even ministering to a believer who has been discouraged you have what it takes mm. you have milk but girl, you have wine. You have the two that nourishes the mature and the babes. 
So all the love that she's receiving as he's lavishing the love on her is transforming her physique, transforming her biology, transforming who she is. And, you know, wine develops and, the you know, expensive wine develops after it has been fermented for long periods of time. It becomes wine. It starts as grapes, but then it turns out to wine. Here's like, you know, the word of the Lord is fermented on the inside of you. It is now wine and it feeds all ages. The mature can come to you and they can be drunk in the spirit. And the young can come to you and you can give them milk. And then he mentions her lips, your lips, my spouse, drip with honey. Um, and honey and milk are under your tongue. Where do you hear of honey and milk? The promised land. Yeah, I was going to say the land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> so he's saying to her, your lips, in other words, she is now a nursing mother. And guess what, um, Jeff? She is admitted into the state of the apostolic life because she is now able to bring souls to him and she's now able to nurse them and feed them. So she's able to be into that state, which is a beautiful state. And he's like, they drip with the promises of God. You are even able to bring the ordinary people into their God-given inheritance. And I'm going to end with this. And I want you to remember this because this is the key and a gem to the next two chapters. He looks at her and he says to her, you are a garden. My sister, my bride, a garden closed, a fountain sealed. So he's saying to her, you're not a bush. You're not a forest. When you go to a bush, you see all different weeds coming out, all different wildflowers coming out. But when you look at a garden, you see something that is in order, something that is beautiful, something that is organized. And he says to her, I hold the key to the garden. It's enclosed. And he says to her, you have become a fountain. I want you to think of the Samaritan woman. In John 4, Jesus said this to her, those who drink from the water that I give to them, they become a bubbling spring. In other words, you will be used to be a bubbling spring for others. And what happened to the woman? When her life was being transformed by Jesus, she left her jar, she ran to the city, and she said to them, a man told me everything I have ever done. Could he be the Christ? Later on, the whole city believed because of, the, of this woman. She, and at the beginning of her journey, she did not care about becoming a bubbling spring for others. She was like, give me that water so that I never mm -hmm. have to thirst and yeah. never have to come here again, right? It's all about her, her, her. But once she encountered his love, it wasn't about her anymore. It's her leaving what she came for and going to tell and becoming a spring and bringing the fresh water of Jesus to people. And he is saying to her, you are the garden. Now, I want to pause here because she's not going to understand that. And next week, she's going to encounter the toughest test of her life. But that verse is going to save her. because That's verse 12 of chapter 4. Yes. So let's highlight that and we'll pray and stop here. But he has transformed 
a normal a normal girl, a girl who hasn't really still gone up the mountain. Yeah. She just said, I do. And he transformed her lips, her neck, her eyes, her hair, her breasts, every part of her physical, inside and out. She is becoming a radical lover who will achieve more than her wildest dreams because of the Jesus that she has united with. Mm, so good man <laughs> i'm loving this this is so good all right yvonne i i would love for you to pray for people yes let's do it yeah let's, thank you lord jesus thank you mm. father i just thank you Clara Maso, Tulara, Payende, Lady. holy spirit we love you so much and we just invite you to just come and intensify your presence and glorify Jesus in our midst. I thank you for the journey of intimacy. And I thank you, God, because it was not by coincidence that we did this series. This is because, Lord, right now you are drawing so many people to your heart. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you are doing. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I ask that you would touch every single person so right now you're hearing me and i hear the lord saying this i want you to just lift up your heads and just begin to come to the table and say lord here i am this is what she did here i am lord i want you to repeat those words after me lord here i am and i want you to know that as you say this despite what you're going through you will be carried on the chariot of glory to do what you can never do in the natural. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority as your daughter right now over every demonic of fear, every demonic spirit of fear, and over every demonic spirit of unbelief, over every demonic spirit. This is what the Lord is showing me of self hate. Father, in Jesus' name, I renounce it. And I command it to leave your people right now. Be loosed. Father, in Jesus' name, as those demonic spirits are leaving, I ask that you, God, sing the song of all songs, the love song over them right now. Father, that you would supernaturally right now release your love. Here it comes. Begin to receive it. Begin to hear those words that you are my bride, you are my treasure, you are my beloved. And I am calling you up this dark mountain trail. Father, I thank you as you are losing them now. And I just sense to pray for those who are being persecuted. Father, in the name of Jesus, if they're facing the lion, if they're facing the leopard, whatever that they are facing, Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your supernatural strength over them to lift them, God, right now from this position and, God, to bring them to the mountaintop, oh, God, where they will see you and they will understand that greater he that is in them, that he that is in the world. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the power of your Holy Spirit right now to fill them afresh as they stand before you, God. And they say, I do, I do. I don't know what this entails, 
I don't know what's coming up tomorrow, but I say yes to you, God. And I say, I do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you as you release your joy over them, as you sing this beautiful love song over them right now, that your banner is love over them. I thank you that tonight, God, right now, there's going to be transition from a place of fear to a place of love, from a place of need to a place of abundance, from a place of I don't, I don't hear your voice to a place of you have the most beautiful voice, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing right now. And I know that this is funny and I wasn't planning to pray this way, but I'm going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. He said to me this. He said, say this. It doesn't matter whether you're a male or a female. But some of you in the spiritual dimension, you are receiving the facility of breasts mm. to be able to nourish. Because some of you, you will be called my Sarah, I mother to nations, and my Abraham, I father to multitudes. And you will need this to feed not just milk, but wine. Father said this, that don't even laugh at this. This might sound funny. Maybe no one prayed this over you. But Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the spiritual understanding to become fathers and mothers. God, to birth and feed and nourish babes and the mature. Father, and I thank you that you're calling many to become fathers and mothers, and you are doing it right now. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise for what you are doing, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Man, that was so good. Thank you. Lord. So good. It's just like every now, every single one of those, super excited for part two. And I'm like super excited for part three. Um, there's nothing quite like having scripture opened up to you right. in a new way. Yeah. Um, man, it's so, so, I, I love it. Like, it's just, there's no words to accurate, accurately depict that. Cause I'm like, this is life, man. Like the Bible's life yeah. and, um, to have a new facet of it opened up is just, ah, it's so special. So thank you, Yvonne. Like, this is really, really good. I know other people, I've seen other people in the comments just been like, wow, man, like this is so good. So, um, how can people follow you? Uh, I don't know if you have any events coming up or I know you have like classes available, things like that. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. So our ministry is called CelebrateFreedomMinistries.org. Um, so get in contact with us if you need prayer needs. We do have um, a school of healing, physical healing and inner healing. Um, our inner healing school, we've added a beautiful event co uh, called Encountering the Heavenly Realms. So we're going to be releasing and praying for those of you to have your spiritual eyes open to see what heaven's like and mm. to hear what God is saying to you. Prayer needs info at Celebrate Freedom Ministries. I normally lay my hands on those, pray, bring them before God's throne room. And I've got my YouTube channel, Ivana Tia, as well. So all of these are different ways to connect. Mm, so good. Yvonne, thank you so much. Again, great. this is a big investment. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Next yeah. week. It's gonna, I'm just warning everyone next week, it's gonna get wild because it's gonna go from, you know, and then week four is gonna be crazy. So okay. next week, because she's gonna face 
the biggest test of her life and it will shock you what's gonna happen next week wow okay guys there you go tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time it's gonna be great you guys so 2 p.m pacific time 5 p.m eastern time love you guys see you then okay bye this has been elijah fire thanks for listening for more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Oh,